the biggest topic around the NHL today, and it comes from the Red Wings-Predators game. As the broadcast went to commercial, referee Tim Peel could be heard saying that he wanted to get a penalty against Nashville. From the point, oh, a shot eludes Brian Elliott, and it's Keandre Miller from the point. This is unbelievable. It's 6-0. Back over to Natchez. Natchez walks to the dead. He scores! Marty Natchez! As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Line Starts, fueled by Duncan, Liam McHugh, Anson Carter, Ryan Callahan. We have a whole lot to talk about, especially in the Central Division, which is very competitive and now because of injuries has changed just a little bit. But we're going to begin with a very strange situation. Last week in the Wings-Preds game, Victor Arvidsson called for tripping early in the second period here. Now, Arvidsson obviously did not like the call. The Preds would wind up killing the penalty. They won the game two to nothing. But... As the broadcast went to commercial, referee Tim Peel could be heard saying that he wanted to get a penalty against Nashville. Now, since then, the NHL, they were quick to remove Peel from officiating games the rest of the season and beyond. So he is done. Now, I think for us, the fans and all of us watching at home, this was a bit shocking hearing uh, an NHL official say something like this. You guys have been in these games. How shocked were you by what you heard and what you saw? Anson, I'll start with you. Yeah, I wasn't that shocked, to be honest with you, Liam. First of all, Tim Peel's a veteran referee. I think he was going to retire after this season. I was shocked more so that he got caught on the hot mic. But there's a reason why coaches since the beginning of time have told you, stay off the referees. You know exactly why I couldn't be a referee, because I'm petty. You say something to me in the first period, I'm going to get you in the third period. And thankfully, our referees are the most professional people in the world. But the main thing this comes down to, as far as I'm concerned, is gambling. The NHL is now starting to wade into that world of gambling. And the NBA, a couple years ago, that referee got caught for trying to influence games. I don't think the NHL wants to have that a part of our game, Kelly. Yeah, and, and for me, I've, I've obviously been captain of the Rangers and assistant captain in Tampa. I've had a lot of conversations with referees, candid ones, blow-ups, you know, and they're professional. Um, I think the most shocking thing for me, this Tim Peel, is – the fact that he was looking for a penalty going into a period. Um, I'm fine with referees managing games, um, putting the whistle away, you know, letting guys play, uh, you know, but the fact that you're actually looking for one, I think is what, you know, opened everybody's eyes and saying, wow, you know, you're going into a period looking for a penalty. Um, and Ace, I think you were right. I mean, now you've added gambling into it. Um, you know, but there is that human element of, of a referee and he's going to make a call, miss a call. And I think everybody's fine with that. It's the fact that, you know, Tim Peel, who I, I loved working with, uh, I thought he was a great ref. Um, it's the fact that he was looking for a call going into period that doesn't sit well with me. No, I get what you're saying. It's not sort of the natural flow of the game and the progression. It was like, Hey, we had time to unwind. We had time to take a breath. But at the same point, it felt like you used that time to plan out maybe what you were going to do next. Uh, 
Now, Anton, we saw, you know, officiating actually in a couple of our games last night where third period, a couple of hits, maybe it felt like playoff officiating where uh, the whistles were swallowed just a little bit, let them play. Are you cool with that? Or should this be letter of the law? You see an infraction, you blow the whistle, you raise your arm, you call a penalty, and we all move on. I'm cool with it. I don't want to see letter of the law all the time because you could have a parade to the penalty box all night long. It bogs the game down. Nobody has time for that. It becomes a special teams competition. I like the referees, and my favorite refs have been the guys that have refed the game using the field. Now they get the letter of the law that they could actually refer back to, but they see how the ebb and the flow of the game is going. And if the game has been refereed consistently in the first period, so if you're playing refereeing by field in the first period, it should be refereed by field in the third period. You shouldn't have to change the way you referee the game midway because that's, I think, what confuses the players. Yeah, I think the big word is consistency, right, Ace? I think that's what everybody wants in the game is just consistency. And that changes from game to game, ref to ref. And, you know, games change from player to player and teams to teams as well. So I'm completely fine with them. You know, things are getting out of hand. You start, you know, taking some penalties, getting guys off the ice or, you know, tight games at the end, putting the whistle away and letting the boys play. That's uh, that's something I'm fine with, um, you know, so it, it's part of the game. The referee, I think it's unfortunate, you know, Tim Peel got caught in a hot mic. And like I said previously, I just keep going back to the fact that it almost seemed planned out and talked about in the intermission that I'm going to be looking for a penalty and, and that doesn't sit well. You know, Ryan, you mentioned earlier just the idea of working with refs and speaking with refs during the – I mean, how often did you guys try to influence the ref, just kind of cozy up to the ref, let them know about something that's happening? How often does that go on? It goes on quite a bit. I mean, you know, I learned early on in my career, and I think as I, as I grew as a player and an individual, I learned I need to lay off the refs and become their friends, you know. Like, I was hot-headed early on, and I'd be yelling at the refs, screaming at the refs, and then I realized that doesn't go in your favor. So – you buddy up with them, you talk to them, and you know what? A lot of them, they're, they're understanding, and they'll tell you why, and I'm fine with that. If I don't agree with a call, but you explain to me in you know, a normal way why you called it, then you got to live with it. I did a little trick when I played the game. I would always make sure that I was around one of our young players, the rookie players. They don't really know any better, so they're usually chirping and beaking the refs, and I'd skate by our young team and, hey, hey, settle down. Settle down, stay off the referee. I'd make sure the referee saw me doing that. And I skate over, hey, you see that? You see I calmed that young guy down? Next time someone has a stick in my side, make sure you take that whistle out of your pocket and call that guy for two minutes. <laughs> That's nice. You're protecting the ref from yes. the younger guys. And now maybe that ref will protect you later on in the game. Uh, let's move on to some of the actual fun and games here, although I guess it hasn't been very fun for the team we're about to talk about. The Philadelphia Flyers, they came into the season the you know, pretty huge expectations. They had a great regular season last year. They made the uh, expanded playoffs. This year, I think everyone expected them to make a big jump. But here they have. They have issues on defense. They have big-time issues in goal, which we did not anticipate. Right now, they're out of the playoff picture. They are in fifth place in the East. They are back of Boston, a team that has games in hand that I think everyone expects once they get healthy, Boston will start playing at a higher level. With this roster right now with Philadelphia, do you see this as a fixable problem within this season? And if so, do you see Philadelphia as a team that should be aggressive at the trade deadline trying to make a push and feel like they can still make a run? Ryan, I'll start with you. Yeah, I do. I still think they could feel it. I think the one guy they missed the most is Niskanen on the back end. Uh, he, he's a guy that even talk, hearing some of the players talk that calmed things down and helped them so much defensively in the room. He helped them. 
Um, and that's something they're missing. They're giving up way too many odd man rushes. It's easy to point the finger at Hart and Elliott and say their goalie's got to be better. But listen, it's the guys in front of them that have to be better as well. I mean, the, the amount of odd man rushes they've given up in these last stretch here where they've been struggling is, is eye-opening to me. Um, I know they got a veteran coach in AV behind the bench, and they had a great year last year. So that gives me optimism that they can turn this around. But for me, I think they need help on that back end. And you got guys like Drew and Borchek that, that need to step up and, and be playing better. Uh, those guys are leaders. They, they follow them. And if they lead them into the fight, I think they can make it the playoffs and make noise in the playoffs too. They have a team that can do that. They just have to be better defensively. Yeah, and they did it last year. When A.B. came to Philadelphia, one of the one things he wanted to do and address, and he did it quite well, was bring down their goals against. He did that, and I think they still have it within that team to do that. But when you're struggling, Cal, you know when you're having a hard time winning games, you start to cheat, and forwards start to cheat. Defensemen then start to pinch and try to cheat, and it just snowballs against you. The, the hardest thing to do is try to bring it back a little bit. Less is more and try to win games one nothing. And I think it starts with the goaltending. They haven't been getting the, the greatest goaltending because all the opportunities have been super grade-A shots right in front of him. But, Liam, you're talking about making trades. Maybe they go out and get Tony D'Angelo. You know, Tony yeah. D is a player that's been waived by the Rangers. He's been out there. No one's been talking about him at all. He's a Philly guy. He's exactly what this team needs. Someone with a little bit of jam. Cal, you play with some jam. You know what that brings to life? That brings some life and some energy. That brings a little screw you to the lineup. So if things are going poorly, he can get in someone's face in the other team. Maybe stir it up a little bit and get those emotions going because right now this team looks flat. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, that's a great point to bring in a guy like Tony D'Angelo. And, and as you said, I think they just need to make a change right now just to change the room up, you know, get some energy back in there, maybe some excitement. You know, you make a big trade or, or bring in a guy that's going to help the team, that that changes the attitude in the room. Everybody gets excited. And, and, you know, it's guys trying to do too much right now to get themselves out of position. And it comes from a place of caring. You know, I've been in those slides before where team's not doing well and you're running around trying to do everybody else's job. Sometimes it's, it's good just to take a deep breath, worry about your position, your jobs, and let everything else fall into place. Well, you want to change the culture. You want to change the attitude in the room. Tony D'Angelo, he's going to change those things in the room. I think we all know that. Anson, I mean, i got to go back to you because, yeah, listen, he can change things. He can give you a spark. There's no doubt about it. And you would think he's going to be motivated, highly motivated to go out there and play. you got to be worried at least a little bit about chemistry if you bring him in, though, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, you definitely have to. But A.V. has a little bit of experience with Tony D. in the past. And he's a Philly guy. So when you go home, you're going to do everything you can to stay there. And this is, if he gets an opportunity, I'm not saying he's going to Philadelphia, but if he goes there or wherever he goes, this is his last kick at the camp. I mean, every team passed over on him. I'm sure he was sitting there at home thinking, hey, I'm going to get an opportunity next week. I scored 15 goals, 50 points, right-handed shot defenseman, could fight if I have to. Oh, everyone's going to pick me up. And then crickets. <laughs> the phone wasn't ringing. No one called him. So I'm sure he's sitting at home thinking, damn, I could be out of the league. So one more screw-up. I'm out of the league. One more bad tweet, one more battle with the coach, one more try to choke up my netminder, I'm gone. And everything I could have had in my life going forward is erased. So that alone, I think, is enough to scare him straight. I, I would think if he's a smart guy to do the right thing. Plus, you're not giving up much for him. 
let's be honest, right? I mean, th that's the other thing. If you're trying to, like, this isn't uh, a situation we talked about Matias Ekholm a few weeks ago, a, a ship that looks like it's probably sailed at this point, given how the Preds have played. Uh, in some ways, it's low risk uh, for a team that's struggling right now. At, at the very least, it would make a matchup with the Rangers more interesting, right? I mean, they single-handedly got Mika Zibanejad going here. A 9 nothing win, an 8-3 win for the Rangers against the Philadelphia Flyers. But right now, they are a team that is desperate for a spark and a team that's clearly at this point underachieving. Uh, we talked about the goaltending for the team. Uh, it's been underwhelming, although those guys have been under siege. Carter Hart and Brian Elliott, they are clearly at this point not in the Vezina conversation. Right now, though, we're going to take a look at the current Vezina Trophy odds powered by points bet. No surprise who is on top of this entire thing. It's Andre Vasilevsky, the favorite to win this Marc-Andre Fleury has to be, and he is, the clear-cut second option right now. After that, you see Varlamov, which is, shouldn't be a big shock. When you play goalie for the Islanders, you're going to be at least in the conversation the way things have gone the last few years. But after that, it feels like it's a wide-open race, and it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of value in the players after that. This feels like it comes down to two guys, Vasilevsky and Fleury. Ryan, I'll start with you. Vasilevsky's the clear front-runner. Are you counting Marc-Andre Fleury out? I'm not. It's, it's Marc-Andre Fleury. I love his battle. I love his compete. Um, what is it, three years ago, four years ago now, everybody was counting him out out of Pittsburgh. You know, he was done. He, he came up in the expansion draft. Uh, Vegas picked him up, myself included. I thought he was in the back end of his career. And he went into Vegas, and he shined. He led them to the Stanley Cup finals in his first year. And, you know, then he goes through this goalie controversy there in Vegas, and you know what? He's done nothing but be professional and put up wins, you know, for the Vegas Golden Knights. So I'm not counting him out. But on the flip side of that, I know how good Andre Vasilevsky is. He's covered up for a lot of my mistakes I've made when I was there in Tampa. So um, he's the best goalie in the league for me right now. And if he continues at this clip and keeps winning the way he is and playing the way he is, he's going to run away with it. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, Cal. I think Vasilevsky is the, the guy. You know, they call him a big cat for a reason. When you're 6'4", 6'5", like, you shouldn't be able to move the way he moves. He can play the game any way you want to play. You want to be technical and be robotic? He's that guy that punches, hits him. You want to be athletic and make desperation saves? He can make those saves too. But I do like Marc-Andre Fleury in Vegas. Uh, he had his net taken away from him last year uh, by Robin Leonard. And I really think when I'm watching Vegas play that they play differently in front of Marc-Andre Fleury. I feel like they battle more. They compete harder in front of Marc-Andre Fleury for whatever reason that is. And it happens sometimes, not when guys are trying to do it consciously. Sometimes it happens subconsciously when players play harder in front of one goalie instead of the other. And I just get that feeling when I'm watching Vegas play this year. Mark, I mean, Robin Leonard's been out of the lineup for an extended period of time that they compete harder than Marc-Andre Fleury's in the lineup. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Yeah, they're right up there, top of the league in goals against per game. Uh, No surprise that you have Vegas and you have Tampa Bay, two teams that look like they could walk away with their divisions. But let's stay with Tampa Bay and that division because, you know, Carolina, team that's gotten solid goaltending from their tandem, this is a team right now that is competing. They are head-to-head with Tampa Bay. You can count Florida in there as well in that central division. But we focus on the Hurricanes right now. It's neck and neck. It's day-to-day between them and the Bolts. We expect Tampa Bay to be there. And it seems like that top seed in that division is a huge one considering matchups. Anson, would you buy the notion that Carolina could, over this last stretch, 20 games or so, walk away with this division and get that one seed? No, I'm selling that. I still like Tampa. I still think the defending champs uh, have that X factor that you need. But Carolina is definitely in the conversation. Uh, they're in the playoffs for sure. I love ex- everything that Roddy Brindamore brings to the table. Coaching is so important in the National Hockey League. I'm not sure why Carolina hasn't extended him yet, but you got to pay the damn man. If you guys are watching this in Carolina, pay Rod Brindamore. And not because he's a Michigan State Spartan, because he's only there for a year. So I don't know if that really counts for being a true Spartan or not. You're going to pay them. These guys compete. They battle. They develop their young players. Jake Bean's been unbelievable since being called up from the AHL. The Natchez, Sebastian Ajo combination has been unreal. Kelly, I'm just not sure about their goaltending. If there's one position that has a question mark for me, is Carolina's goaltending, if that's going to hold up between Reimer and Mrazek and Nedeljkovic. Yeah, Nedeljkovic and Reimer have been really good in Mrazek's absence, but I agree with you. Do I think they can win that division? I do. I think they can win that division. Do I think they could beat Tampa in a seven-game series? I don't. I don't think they come close. And it comes down to, I think, goaltending is a big part of that. But you talk about their coach and Brenda Moore, and this team is such an extension of him. You see the way he used to play and laid out there with his heart, discipline, uh, so detail, detail-oriented in his game. That's how, that's how they play, the Carolina Hurricanes. And that's, you know, they remind me so much of the New York Islanders and the fact that, they have an identity in the way they play, and everybody plays that way. And they're so good because of it. So I think they can take that division. You know, I, I, does Tampa here take a deep breath and realize, you know what, we, we're in the playoffs. Do we let our foot off the gas? We went to the finals last year, short summer. Guys are tired. Um, they canceled the first practice they were supposed to have in three weeks today just to get some guys some rest. So, you know what, maybe that catches up to them down the stretch here and they gear up for the playoffs and, and Carolina passes them. But Seven-game series, I still got the bolts. You know, answer to your point about Rod Brindamore, you know why you pay Rod Brindamore? Because if you don't pay him, someone else is going to pay him. He'll be out of work for like five seconds. He'll be a head coach immediately somewhere else. And Liam, quickly, you know who I'm thinking? I'm thinking Seattle with his old buddy, Ronnie Francis. I'm thinking Kevin Adams in Buffalo. They've been going through coaches there. It's been crazy there in Buffalo. Need some stability? Hey, Kevin Adams, pick up this bad boy right here. <laughs> Give your man Roddy Brindamore. Not yet, because that'd be tampering. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd also call Jimmy Rutherford, too. Jimmy Rutherford sitting on the sidelines. I'd see if he wants to get back in the mix, too, to bring a little senior voice to the table. Kevin Adams has experience with Jimmy Rutherford also. And now he's at home probably just chilling after being after walking away from being in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, can, I can guarantee you Ronnie Francis is checking that tracker every day, hoping that he's outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, 
going back to what Callie said about uh, getting these two teams in the seven-game series, don't forget the fact that Nikita Kucherov could be back for the playoffs. We're expecting that. So all of a sudden, the rich get richer, and this Tampa Bay team, which has been dynamic through the regular season, adds an MVP-level player to the equation, the greatest trade deadline acquisition without making a trade in the NHL. Uh, let's bring it to the Panthers, right there in that division, battling with those top two teams, but a huge, huge moment and a huge, huge loss for them yesterday. Their star defenseman, Aaron Ekblad, who you'd have to say in the Norris Trophy conversation, now will be out for an extended period of time. We saw it yesterday. He left the ice second period. His skate caught in the board. It was a gruesome injury. He was in clear pain, had to be stretchered off the ice. Afterward, Joel Quenville said that, you know, he didn't give details, but he did say that they plan on being without him for a while. The Panthers are a team that, regardless, I think we all believe is going to make the playoffs at this point. But how does this alter things? And how severely does this alter things for this Panthers team that was hoping to make a, you know, a deep playoff run and maybe could be for a Stanley Cup, Anson? Well, they already switched up things up front. So Barkov and Huberdeau in years past have played together. And Coach Quenville came in and split those guys up. And he did something similar in Chicago, too. He never played Kane and Taves together. He split them up and gave them more depth. But it's the development of Aaron Ekblad that really has had me excited to watch the Florida Panthers hockey club. They were never out of games. They could have been down 2-1, 3-1. I could go to the fridge, grab a drink, grab some chicken wings. Because I knew I'd come back the third period, and they're back in the game again. And it's really because of Aaron Ekblad starting things from the back end on the rush or being that creative force in the power play from the point. And his game had stalled after his rookie year, winning the Calder, 40 points. He didn't look like he was really developing. And Coach Q came there and worked that magic, and I thought he was one of the best defensemen in the league, Callie. Yeah, I guess first and foremost, I hope he's okay. Uh, did not look good last night, um, you know, bringing the stretcher out and everything else. And um, I, I just – I go back to, uh, you know, my playoffs. And right before our – I think I believe it was 2016 run, uh, might have been 17 run, Steven Stamkos had a blood clot. Um, you know, out of nowhere, and we missed him for the whole playoffs. He came back and ended up playing one game at the end, but that was a blow emotionally to us as a as a team. And you know, this Florida team has has underachieved, I think, over the last couple of years. Uh, every year, I look at their lineup, and I'm like, you know what? They're going to be a good team this year. They're going to be in the mix, and they never are. And finally, I think after a year under Q, they've they've come to a realization of how they need to play, and they've been playing that way. And it starts with Ekblad on the back end. He's the He's the guy that, that runs it there. I mean, he plays power play, penalty kill, logs 23 minutes a night. You pluck that top defenseman out of any team, and they have a tough time competing. So it, it's gonna, they're going to be in tough now, Florida. I think they'll make the playoffs for sure. But if he's out an extended period of time, which it, it looks like he is just judging from last night, uh, that's a tough hole to fill. You, don't, you, you can't trade for somebody to fill that hole. Yeah. And – you know, it really makes them thin on that back end. And, and somebody's got to eat those minutes that, uh, you know, that he's been eating. So it, it's going to be tough for Florida now. And, Callie, did they just wave Anton Strollman there in Florida too? So that's a defense that could have filled that gap. You're talking about top defensemen. Uh, you look at a team like, say, Tampa Bay. Where would they be if Victor Heaven was in there? And they've been able to overcome that only because they have your former teammate, Ryan McDonough. Like, he could be a number one defenseman in any other team. You look at Florida's lineup. And there isn't another guy on there that I would consider a number one defenseman to any other team. So that just makes that hole or filling that hole that much more difficult with Aaron Eckblad being out for an extended period of time. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, you guys both mentioned, you can trace the jump that Florida's made this year in many ways right back to Ekblad. Just the numbers he's putting up. The minutes are one thing, but he's giving you excellent minutes. The points, he's scoring a ton of goals this year. Uh, he's been huge, and, you know, like you both said, I think uh, we wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, can't wait to see him back on the ice and hope it's sooner rather than later, but it's going to be very difficult for the Florida Panthers. Going to finish up right now by staying in the Central Division. It is time for the cold brew check fueled by Duncan. Who will get that last playoff spot in the Central Division? I think we're right now putting Tampa Bay in there, Carolina in there, and Florida there. So who's going to get that fourth and final spot? Will it be Chicago, Nashville, Columbus, or Dallas, a team that needs to turn games in hand into points? All right. Anson, I'll start with you. The fourth spot in the Central Division goes to what team? I'm still liking they're not going home. <laughs> <laughs> Anton Hudobin has been playing recently. Ottinger's been unbelievable. But I still have the soft spot in my heart for the Dallas Stars. They got to the Stanley Cup Finals last year for a reason. They've had all these setbacks this year. They have games in hand. They've got to turn those into victories. But I'm still not sold in the Nashvilles and the Columbus and the Chicago's. And because of that reason, I'm going Dallas, Cali. Yeah, I agree with you. I have a soft spot as well for the Dallas Stars, only because of Rick Bonus, my old assistant coach in Tampa. Um, I'm always pulling for him. But if I'm going with my head, I'm going with the Nashville Predators. I just love the way they're playing right now. I feel like Chicago is, is starting to come back to reality a little bit. Um, we're seeing their young, you know, inexperience coming out. Um, Columbus, I think we all know what's going on right there right now. Just looking at their game, it doesn't look like they're going to make a push for it. So with about 20 games left, as you hit this home stretch, I look at the team that's playing the best hockey right now, and that's the Nashville Predators. And they got two good goaltenders as well. And they're going to have to lean on both of them as this season gets late and these games start creeping up, you know. So having that combo of two goaltenders and obviously the team playing well in front of them, I got them sneaking in. All right, Anson's on the Keith Jones-Dallas train. We got Callie, you're with Nashville, because I agree with you on that, too. I think Nashville and Chicago have kind of flipped spots there where Chicago was playing over its head, and they've come back to earth now. Nashville, they've stepped up their game. And, yeah, Columbus, they just had a brutal weekend with back-to-back -back losses against Detroit, and it feels like that's the beginning of the end for them. And that was the cold brew check fueled by Duncan. This season, be sure to grab a cold brew for game time, because where there's hockey, there's Duncan. And that is it for the show. Guys, thanks so much. Appreciate it as always. And I will see you on the TV, I suppose. And we will see you next time on Our Line Starts Fueled by Duncan. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.